Hey you guys, fan for real, when you're with us, you're fan for real. This is your humble friend and homie host here, Vabo Singh. Got two of my best buddies here, Tejas, I'm on. We got through our first episode last week. How did you guys think about it? How you guys doing? How's your week, Tony? Uh, you can go first, Tejas. Go ahead. Oh, um, hi, I'm Tejas, and my week has been pretty good. I've been looking to move to a new place, and I think I found the place I want to move to closer to New York, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this podcast as well. What's a, what's a homie host? Yeah. <laughs> a, a homie host, man. I'm, I'm here to be your friend, be your guide through the cultural week events, and I'm here to host it, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, doing all of it. <laughs> so new title for the pod? The homie host? So what are we, so what are we just like, the homie host? No, the homie host. I don't want to be, don't wanna be a homie host. Nope. <laughs> Oh man, no! But it's funny because like I saw this one one meme halfway through the week. Uh, well, let me make my introduction. Hi, I'm I'm on. <laughs> now he wants to be a homie host, huh? I'm, I'm apparently a homie host. <laughs> I don't want a homie host. Let me just put that. <laughs> I don't want to. I take it back. It's, it sounds kind of weird. Uh, continue. I continue. What did you? What did? <laughs> but, this is uh, your show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I saw this one meme during the week and uh. A girl tweeted out saying, basically, he's like, why do guys start a podcast instead of going to therapy? And a guy replied mm. saying, the same reason girls start an OnlyFans instead of getting a job. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and like that got my mind thinking, I was like, would you guys date a girl that has an OnlyFans? Yes. Would you like to yeah, elaborate? <laughs> No need to, I think. I think, like, you know, whenever there's an option, something that you can get for free instead of paying for, I feel like that's, you know, that's a steal. Uh, let me put it this way. I, I don't care. I don't know what, what Tejas said. I don't even know what that means. But uh, <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> I would say I don't really care um, how one makes their money as long as it's illegal. Mm. Um, the chances of me dating someone that, like has an OnlyFans is very low. Like close to zero. Because I probably wouldn't, you know, you know, naturally hang out with them. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're like, what do I know? Would you please tell me? No, I mean I, I agree. I think it would I mean, be like it's not like we're in college or like, you know, the people I'm routinely around are in in a situation where they need to open an OnlyFans, you know. I mean, I'm always surprised, man, because you see some of these people that are, like, getting fired from their jobs, like, but they're making millions on OnlyFans. Like, the one girl was a teacher, one girl was a cop, like, Not completely really. normal like, jobs. I thought it was people who were, like, mostly, like, you know, like, models or Instagram people. Before well, they... and I think that's the thing, because, like, a lot of people, especially now with the past year, they are happy having a work schedule that works for them, where they're able to work, you know around 10 to 15 an hour working 20, 30 hours a week, as opposed to working in a industry that's burnout. I'm re also, if someone's making a millionaire as an OnlyFans, I'm happy to date them. I would love to have a sugar mama. Like for sure. that would take care of a lot of things for me. So yeah, I'm happy with it. And also, you know, to me, work is work. Like you put in the time and effort, you're going to get the thing. 
like you know, I get my full support as an entrepreneur in this space of OnlyFans. Yeah, I guess um, I don't know. I don't know much about OnlyFans. Like, I don't know the the type of people or whatever like go on it. So. Yeah, I mean, I think initially it was supposed to be very similar, like a Patreon, where it's like you're just supporting a creative cause. But in the last year and a half, since basically when the pandemic started, the big steam that caught behind it was basically women making more uh, explicit content. And so it became a kind of a laughing stock, kind of a, not a laughing stock, but like it had a certain image to it. So like you know, there was a lot of backlash from some people that were originally on there because they were like, "Dude, like we are like porn, basically." A lot of porn stars because when they left their deals for the studios, they were actually doing there to maximize the their own brand value. Yeah, see, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't date a porn star. Like, that's a lot of complication. Like, I don't know. It's very nothing against that profession. You know, you do what you got to do to make your money. Like, I don't care at all. Like, it's just like I just don't think I have the uh, emotional. Uh, wherewithal to handle that <laughs> it is a lot it is a lot yeah, i'm i'm not i am not uh as confident in myself or you know there's a limit uh, to confidence yeah you know, uh, yeah as comfortable with myself to date someone who's which is probably a podcast instead of going to therapy about these kinds of things <laughs> yeah. you know? exactly yeah, that's yeah. a great loop rack because that's that the second thing that came to my mind would would you or have you guys gone to therapy and like how, how has your mind changed on it? Because I know when we were kind of growing up. Laws are, I mean, it's up to you to admit it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> I mean, when you're growing, yeah, growing I, mean, I was up. like, when growing up, it was never, really, therapy was not a thing that people we saw doing. It wasn't a thing we just discussed. And I think really yeah. in the last, I'll say seven years, because even, even when we were in college, there wasn't that much of it. I'll say in the last like six, seven years, when there's a whole more focus on mental health, more on yeah. the kind of address your baggage, address your mentality, thought process. And so, like, I mean, I, I definitely know, you know, we've talked about it. I'm like, I've considered going to therapy. Um, I just don't think I'm there yet where like, I feel like I need it, which probably is a sign that I do need it. But, like, for the most part, like, I think I think right now I'm kicking fine. Like, I'm like, every time I've got to the point, I'm like, maybe I should go to therapy. And then something so, good so happens. I've, and I'm fine. I heard someone. I heard someone explain this to me once in a way that makes perfect sense. It you don't just go to the doctor when you're sick, right? You can also go to the doctor to make sure you know everything's working okay. It's the same concept, right? Like your physical health and your mental health are equally important. And so, you know, like I don't know. Like I personally never been to therapy because I just haven't. And you know, to your point, I think it's not just time that, you know, therapies become more acceptable. I think it's also like, you know, like we come from immigrant families and like, I don't think like that was like a super popular thing with my family. Like there, I don't know anyone in my family that's ever been to therapy. Yeah. Yep. Same. So I, that being said, like, I think it's totally healthy. Something everyone should do, you know, practice what you, or uh, what's the saying? Practice it's, what you preach. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, uh, not that saying, the other saying, um, do as I say, not as I do. Mm. Like, I don't go to therapy, but I think it's a super healthy thing that everyone should be doing because it's like, you know, going to the doctor for a physical. Like, you're supposed to go get checked up every once in a while. I know that, but you don't get physicals. Yeah, but I say, yeah, like, I don't go to the doctor when I just, if I'm sick, I go, even when I'm sick, half the time I don't go to the doctor. I get HSA dollars for going to the doctor, like, for a physical. 
So I go to and get, you know, my like couple hundred bucks for showing up. You got to do that. I don't know. I cracked my head open and then they were like, even then I was like, yeah, I might be fine. I had to have literally two doctors be like, you should go to the ER. (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine. You win. No, Amon's absolutely right. Like, like how one should go get a physical every year to make sure everything you know up to standard. One should also go see at least uh, go see a therapist at least one year. Not a lot of people do. Uh, insurance, a lot of people's insurance don't really work out like that. But as you both know, and I'm very happy to share this. I share it with a lot of people. I do go to therapy, not as often as I probably should. But I still do, and I love it. And I remember on Friday, I went to go see one of my friends. He and his girlfriend had moved into their new house, so they had a housewarming. And he's been taking private tennis lessons. And he shares the feedback that his um, he shares the feedback that he gets from this coach. And I'm like, oh, like how I do with therapy, like whatever feedback that I share within that group chat to them to those friends, it's like, oh yeah, it might be something helpful. I mean, like at the end of the day, there's no shame in admitting that you need help but i think in the context of immigrant families which we all come from yeah that's not really something that like people don't admit that they need help um i i cannot recommend it any more than i have both to you guys privately as well as like publicly on this platform yeah i love it it really helps sometimes i don't know what i'm going to talk about to my therapist and then i end up speaking for like an hour now don't get me wrong there are some therapists that I've had and there's some therapists that are not the right fit. I think for all of us to be from an immigrant background, we may not, we may, the first therapist you go to may not understand a lot of the things that you bring up, things that you want to talk about and things that have been bugging you. But then it comes with time to find the right person that you feel comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, I think that's my biggest, like, like uh, my biggest, like, uh, roadblock to going is, like, mm-hmm. I just don't even know what I'm going to talk about. Like, I don't even know how they're going to, like, I don't have like anything going on personally. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty content with what's going on in life. You know, I have like some issues here and there, but like nothing that I can't handle, you know? And it's just like, I kind of like, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a, what am I going to sit there and talk to an hour? Like, do they have like a list of questions? Like, does he know how to probe? <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an easy nut to crack, you know? <laughs> I would be like, he's going to be like, oh, so tell me what's on your mind. I'm going to say none of your business. And then that's the <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. That's actually one hundred percent what I'm would say. Throw money at him and walk out. <laughs> I'm a private person. I don't like talk about stuff that's going on. It's it's my. Why do they call it personal life? It's supposed to be personal, not personal. Like oh, I share it with a couple of friends and a few family members. That's not personal. Then that's public. To quote that's Nick Miller. To quote Nick Miller. If they were called, if you're able to talk about your feelings, they would be called talkings, not feelings. <laughs> Silent. It's you're supposed to be silent. No, I'm I'm kidding, but not no. about myself. I'm kidding about the you know. You should talk about things, and you should talk about them with a the therapist. Um, I'll figure it out one day and show up one day. What what T just didn't tell you guys, by the way, is that he goes to a therapist once every six months, and it's because his therapist kicks him out after every six months, and he has to yeah, find <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a lot of baggage and a lot of mess, you know. So one hour, one hour usually, you know, he's not yeah. in trouble finding one that puts up with his crap. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I'm like, we should meet again in two weeks, and they're like, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> you sir will never see me again. I, I I do have to say, like when when sports teams started stressing the importance of mental health. 
for their athletes that are suffering injuries. At that point, it's like, okay, you know, and then the athletes were talking about it openly, especially men in, in men's sports. And, you know, because men, we often don't talk about our feelings. And, you know, there are, there's evidence to back up how that may play a factor for higher suicide rates uh, amongst younger men. It's incredibly important that we talk about our feelings. We don't have to talk about it to each other because sometimes, you know, we're afraid of that. As long as you're talking to someone, most preferably someone who is licensed and qualified to deal with those kinds of feelings and thoughts and emotions. Well, yeah, not always. And, you know, like that's why it's important to have friends around that. That's true. Um, you know, don't don't judge you. I mean, that's not really a friend, right? If you like, I'm not going to talk about my feelings very often, but if I do and I come to you guys, like I, I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of issues if I do that, you know, like I'm not scared to do it. I just don't want to. Yeah. 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 No, that's, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause I was going to ask like, Taze, like what kind of, if you don't, if you feel free to don't answer this question. Cause like kind of what kind of spur do you to make that? Like I need to, I want to go see a therapist type thing. Because kind of like what well, I agree. I'm on the same boat as I'm aware. Like there are times where I kind of want to talk to someone, but then I'm like, the things I really want to talk about, I'm like, Either I just so far like I'm for my life I'm like I just don't feel like I need to and be able to handle it on my own or I have like the support group around my my friends and family that I'm able to address some of these topics with and like feel fine. Yeah, yeah. Feel feel free to call me less even if like that. <laughs> so should I remove you from speed dial? Okay. Yeah, it's like you know like I'll lose my number. <laughs> yeah, I should be like uh, break glass and in case of emergency kind of situation not like a, <laughs> hey this is what's going on this week like i don't need to yeah. <laughs> I, i'll tell you what yeah it was i i went when we were all in senior year i went at the request of my partner at the time she was like she was very supportive of mental health journeys and i went and i was like this is fucking shit i really don't like this now again this was at our university and it was not with someone who was qualified or professional by any means and they did not know that at the time. But I was like, I feel very stupid sharing what I'm feeling and like all of the things that are worrying me and stuff, which at the time, senior year, like finding a job, finding a place to stay, you know, what my future with my partner at the time was going to be like all of these things that now looking back were not things that like you remember in high school, like, oh, which college am I going to go to? Am I going to get a good SAT score? None of those things matter right now. Right? Like they... But at the time, it feels like that's the only thing that matters. So obviously, hindsight is really important. Two years ago, after I tore my ACL, I knew for sure that I would need to go for mental health because like, when I was able to start walking again, like a couple of days after the surgery, I started crying. I'm like, yeah, I can tell like this is taking a big toll on me. So the first thing I did was like, once I'm able to like walk and drive myself again, I want to make sure that I can find a therapist to talk to about these feelings that I'm having where like I'm having issues with if I'm walking and I like trip and then suddenly there's a lot of pain I'm like dang I can't walk like I'll never be able to walk properly again and that whole spiral happens and sometimes those things happen right where like you get inside your own head and then that spiral just keeps going downward and you try to prevent that from happening and then having a licensed qualified professional therapist gives you like tools tips some of which I've shared uh, with you guys, some of which I've shared generally that can help prevent things like that. Now, there are people who have like, you know, had bigger and more uh, difficult scenarios in their lives and they at a younger and younger ages that they don't know how to handle and therapists also help with that too. 
and you you don't know because a lot of times we push our feelings to the side we're like i'll deal with this later like i'm feeling like shit now but it's fine i'll feel better later i'm just gonna push this off to the side and not to say that that's not a good coping mechanism i think it's an acceptable coping mechanism but it's maybe not the healthiest coping mechanism. so alcohol is is a no i'm just, I, I just want to clarify say, I would, you know, I love, you know, I love a drink. Meanwhile, while I partake, <laughs> you know, I love a drink. Would I say that binge drinking? And I heard this from my doctor. Binge drinking is very bad. Chug, yeah, chug, chug. ID, though. <laughs> Define what binge drinking. Yes, I remember that song. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Just, like binge drinking is very bad. I got a fake ID though. <laughs> I have no idea what song this is. You'll you'll know the song immediately when I like tell you guys what it was. But I'll look it up. Yeah. You continue to no, but yeah, thanks. So like, so I, I guess when you say like, so has there been different major events that have led you to kind of or major times in your life that have led you to go to a therapist? But have you been going like, like I know some people that just go there like hey like once a month whether things are happening or not. I'm going. It's Tipsy yeah. by Jay Kwan. Uh, everybody in the club game tips. Oh, okay. Oh. The intro to that song is like, binge drinking is very bad. Oh, I did not remember that. Oh, okay. I like this. Everybody in the club get tips. Uh, I anyway, I anyway, sorry. Continue. Recording conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yes, I know people that do visit regularly, and even if they feel like, even if they feel like they have nothing to talk about, they realize once they're able to start sharing in a space where there is genuinely no judgment. Because, like, as friends, as family, we all will have these biases, right? And so, when you're able to talk to someone that has genuinely no bias whatsoever, I think it's a little bit freeing and rewarding mm. because we all are kind of, I think, a little bit afraid of. Uh, or uh, maybe we all, and this might be a little bit projected, but there's a fear of like being misunderstood. I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. There's also a fear that like when you share something that's really difficult for you as someone, they may not be able to resonate or relate to that. But I think having a mirror up towards you helps you put yourself into where you want to be. And yeah, you feel overexposed, right? Like yeah, I mean, really overexposed. The minute you share something, you you make yourself vulnerable, and no one. No one wants to be right. Like, yeah. It, I mean, I guess people want to. It, it's actually very rewarding when you are. You know, the vulnerability. Like, it's kind of nice to be able to trust someone and unload a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it's a hard uh, hill to like kind of overcome initially, and even mm -hmm. regularly, right? Like, it, I don't. First of all, I don't think therapy, like, you know, even if you go every week, like every week's not going to be a breakthrough therapy session, right? Like, it's not going to be like, oh, my God, I just realized I have like, you know, XYZ problem or something. Like, it, there's sometimes there's no, not every week you're going to have something to talk about. But sometimes yeah. it's nice to share even the nothingness or the the, the positives every week. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just, it's not, you just go to the therapist and be like, hey, like, you know. Like here are the forty five things that are wrong with me this week. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. when your therapist goes leave leave my place. Don't come back. Even when I go for my physicals with the doctor, right? Like, let's say like the past year I've been doing a lot more cardio or something, right? You go to the doctor, and it's kind of nice when he gasses you up and tells you like, "Hey, man, like 
your your like clinicals are looking a lot better or your blood work is a lot cleaner or like you know it looks like you dropped 15 pounds it's like yo thanks man i came here specifically just for this (laughs) (laughs) this was my bit of serotonin dopamine i needed (laughs) yeah like this is like like my little boost of like hey you're doing a good job and sometimes that's what you need from an external party right like your family's always going to tell you like hey you're doing wonderful if you need them too right Mm-hmm. I have some people's family, like, I don't know. Yeah. We yeah. have a we... problem with compliments, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yes. but you know, like, I mean, you got people around you that'll help build you up, you know, but sometimes you want that third party external, Hey, you're doing a good job. You know, I get that. I or, agree. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think, I think kind of like that. I don't have much to say else on this topic. Do you guys have any closing remarks on this? I highly recommend anyone goes at least once. If you don't like it, fair enough. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, going out to a bar and getting like batshit drunk is way more fun. <laughs> but also, like, it's a lot longer. An hour, an hour session is very helpful, especially for young men like us. I feel like if every young man under the age of 30 went at least once a year to therapy, like, there would be a lot less problems generally in society and that's a big claim to make and you know i'm happy to explain why but i i really cannot recommend it as much as i have you know yeah no i'm with you dude i'm with you yep i i would if highly recommend it if you have insurance that's really fucking do it right if you have insurance that supports it fucking go for it cannot stress it enough all yep. right you heard it here guys get the therapy. therapy yeah <laughs> <laughs> get therapy. Don't get drunk. And Only occasions. After, yeah, by all means, go ahead. You know, just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just start a podcast. You don't need therapy. So. <laughs> Why do you think we're here? <laughs> Put something out there. These my therapy. I'm just drinking and like talking about. Stuff. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that's why we're here for this, guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So since today we're recording, uh, the draft just ended today. The NFL draft. Yeah. Um. Key takeaways for your teams in general? What do you guys think? What was the main reaction you guys got? I heard the Jets drafted two players to have Dude, I don't even want to talk about the Jets. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> They're not, his, not, his team's division, though. So he's, he's trying to, like, boost it. Yeah, but I don't even, like, you know, like, let them, whatever. They had a good draft, it looks like. But they did. They did. You know what? They've had many years of many good drafts, and... Let's just wait till they. We'll just wait. They might turn out until they figure it out. Okay. I heard that on the sports radio on the drive home after the game that like you cannot really examine how well the draft went until like three, four years later. But all I heard was that the Jets drafted two players that have the same name. I think yeah. it was Hunter Carter and Hunter Carter the second. He's like Michael and Carter. Yeah, yeah. Michael Carter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Michael Carter and Michael Carter the second. I'm like, this is. And there was a the UNC Duke. Dude, like literally, they were seven miles away from each other. Whatever it was, so I think the one thing with the Jets, though, I just couldn't help but laugh is like just watching all the help they were giving Zach Wilson. Because first of all, I think Zach Wilson is going to become the next Drew Locke. He's not going to be a good quarterback. But in the Jets' defense, they have they have they found their guy. They have done everything for him in this draft that they have not done ever for Sam Darnold. 
They got him weapons. In the free agency, they got wide receivers. They got tight end. They actually addressed their O-line this year. And so they locked up the blind side with Mekki Beckton from last year and Vera Tucker this year. And I just, if I was saying Darnold right now, I would be looking at this draft like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you guys had me for four years and you could do nothing for me? Like, I could honestly name maybe two receivers he's had in the time that in the with New York, I mean, Jamison Crowder wasn't half bad. He was injured yeah. he half a, the time. He had a, yeah, well, that, but you know, that's not the Jets' fault. Agreed, but you also need an O line to protect for the path, the route to open up. Yeah, they're but their O line isn't like terrible. terrible no, every year they had some. They had some reasonable years with an O line in the past. Like not in Sam Donald's time, though. Yeah, I don't know. Jets are a team that I'll never truly comprehend. Like, I just feel like <laughs> it's not like they're they're in a bad market. It's not like they're they have no money. Like, it's not like they haven't had draft picks. It's not like they got suspended for you know cheating or like whatever the heck and lost picks or you know Tejas knows. And uh, <laughs> shut up, that's 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 yeah, yeah. That's a you know, it's not like they have like things that they had to do. De- I don't know. I don't, I don't know. To be honest, though, I mean, the Giants haven't been good for a while either. Yeah, um, but I, I feel like you guys aren't consistently bad, though. Like, the Jets are consistently bad. Yeah, we have surprising years here and there. <laughs> um, I, I, think we're, I think we're consistently mediocre with a, a few years here and there where we're exceptional. Fair. Mm. That's most yeah, teams, I feel. That's most NFL teams. Yeah. Most, I mean, yeah, I guess we're just in the era of super teams. It just feels like teams have like a solid four or five year run and they have rebuilt for a couple of years and two, three, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like there's been a lot more like the same teams in the contention for several years in a row. Like, I don't think the Chiefs and and Bucks are gonna have a lot of trouble being the best two teams again next year. For I think think the Chiefs. My, there's gonna be competition over there in the conference, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, I'm over, so overall, you think the Giants had a good draft? I think they had a great draft. I think they have a team now that they're gonna test Danny to you know be a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the big. I think thing. I think they give it. I think they've given like Jones enough pieces and stuff around him to now really have a season where we can say. Is he or is he not the franchise quarterback? Right. Yeah. I, I actually think I, last year, I, two years ago, if you asked me, I was like, "Oh my god, what happened? Why did we pick him?" Last year, I actually thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he, he had good moments. Yeah, he definitely did. With it, with especially with the team and circumstances, and New York market is not an easy market to be a successful quarterback. Like it's a very critical market. So I, I think he handled it with a lot of poise. I think that's why Eli was successful in this market. I think it's hard to be a good quarterback in the New York market. I think. Fans are really mean, <laughs> to like, you know. <laughs> but I think so. I think they got him the pieces that he needs to be a successful quarterback. It's a good year to test it, and because of the trades that we made, we have an opportunity then next year to either give him even more if he has a good year, or to you know rebuild at that position if we need to. Like we'll have two yep. first round picks next year. Um assuming at least one of them will be top 10 pick, maybe top 15 pick trade around. I mean, we could trade both of our first picks next year to get like a top five pick and pick a quarterback, you know, like, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think we can, 
we, we probably have what we need to well position be successful or or at least test test how you know what what the future holds yeah and i think because we have a young team with fairly you know young talent and young good players like we'll be good for five years if it's like you know even if we need to go get a new quarterback or something it's like we'll have enough time with the current squad to like be successful in a few years so yeah good draft i was happy with the, with the way things kind of panned out nice nice no i i agree with you on that i think yeah I think the main thing, especially with Galladay coming in free agency, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Where it was just we, you had to identify if Danny Dimes is your guy moving forward, or if it's going to be like, okay, we've seen what you are, we've given you weapons, time to move on. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I I don't think our 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 team right now is at the level where it's a probably a playoff team if Danny's a good quarterback. Yeah. It's probably a playoff team. It's probably not a, a Super Bowl team. Yeah. But I think that's all that's all this year is really to figure out, right? Are we are we under Danny's leadership a, a full, like a, a playoff team? Yeah. And if we are, then look, we have a solid draft next year. You know, there's free agency next year. Like we can get a few more pieces. Like I think we have enough gaps where we can't be a Super Bowl team yet. But we're building but we the right direction. Be a playoff team. Yeah. And and those we don't have enough holes where we can't fix it all next year. Like yeah. if we make the playoffs this year, I'm like in a position where I'm like, all right, we got a solid draft next year. Let's get some pieces in free agency, and there you got a great team. I get that. No, I agree. I agree. Definitely, definitely voting the right way, moving the right direction. That trade back by Gutterman was a smart move. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was good. What about you, uh, Tejas? What about Mr. Pat's fan over there? You know, I think I love after the draft because how can you not be excited? I feel like all 32 teams are like, you know what, this this could be the year. I, I love drafting because it's the excitement and the passion and all of it. My, and so like overall for me, I'm always excited after drafting. I'm like, you know, these, this, this player, whoever we picked, and I don't really, like I said on last week's episode, I don't really watch a lot of college football, but I'm just excited from like, you know, anyone's like, oh yeah, this player, like you, vibe of your big Ohio State fan. And in fact, I'm like, Labbit messaged me like if Justin Fields goes to the Pats, I might have to begrudgingly become a passer. I was like, down yeah. back. There are you are. kidding me? <laughs> no, dude, it was just like I, like, I, I messaged. I was like, like down back. It would be one I of those things not- where like, I wouldn't be able to help but root for Justin Fields, and then be like, damn it, why am I rooting for the Patriots? But I have to root for my guy. Dude, you can't know. <laughs> if once once a college, you could love a college team. And sure. you can love a college player, but the minute they go into the pros, it's no. a restart. You cannot no. like those individual players. Like I know you're a big like, oh, I follow individual players, not teams, yeah. which is fucking ridiculous. First of all, what no, no, I, I'm a, I, I think there's a difference between I can, I have my team, but I can root for the players, right? Yeah, but your team is the Colts. You can't begrudgingly yes, root for the Pats. Many, and here's the thing that I realized: like a lot of people that kind of don't have an NFL team but have a college football team, they genuinely care about the college. And you know what, to be fair, that I think... We care like, about the college team. I agree with that. He's an Ohio State fan, and he's allowed to be an Ohio State fan. Yeah. He can't follow players from Ohio State that go into the pros and then like that professional team when he yeah. has claimed he's a Colts fan. Yeah, which, by the way, he's only a Colts fan because he was an Andrew Luck fan. But now he's and a Colts team. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're stuck with the Colts now. You're it's, just stuck with the Colts. No, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, 
fan and a college. You can always retract it and go, I'm not an NFL fan. I'm a college football fan that watches the NFL, which that's that's between you and your God. But I'm a- <laughs> Yeah, but then you can't root for teams. Yeah, you would just be like like some people want, are fans of fantasy football. They're not a fan of any player or team specifically. And like I'm not to say I relate to that at all. But I mean, there's a, a friend of mine who's an Alabama fan, and there's some Alabama player that came to the Pats. He's like, I think Max. I'm gonna have to start supporting the Pats this year. Down abysmal today, are we, Phil? <laughs> like, sorry, not no, sorry. Look, okay, let me put it this way: if, uh, fuck your friend. Okay, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just straight up, Jeff. Yes, like, first of all, fuck your friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I would say this. All right, if the Pats, let's say we're playing like the Niners, would they play the Niners in the Super Bowl? No, right? Yeah. They would play them in uh, – they would. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they would. So if, let's say the Pats are playing the Niners in the Super Bowl and you're a Justin Fields fan, then fine. You're allowed to for that one evening. Mm-hmm. Prefer yeah. the Pats to win that game. Yes, That's agree. allowed. Agreed. You can't – like you can't become a Pats fan while Justin Fields is there. You can hope for his success, mm-hmm. but – at the downfall of the Pats, like yeah, <laughs> it can't be. it's not allowed. No, I get that. I, I remember because like I was like I start off as a Colts fan, with particularly Peyton because Manning. you have a football team. Yeah. You like the Colts. Yeah, I remember Peyton Manning being me a Colts fan, and then we got Andrew Luck, and I was hyped. And I remember when we were like, I just saw them ruining him, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want to try to like really stop liking this team. And I was like watching the game. I think it was against the Patriots, where mm-hmm. for some reason we did that. Really weird fourth mm-hmm. down play where like only the center and the one wide receiver was on like behind him and the whole team ran to the right and then they weren't apparently they weren't supposed to hike it but they hiked it and it was like obvious like sack right there because there was no one there was no old line and mm-hmm. I literally I remember I just lost my shit I literally was like throwing pillows around I was like what the hell kind of play was that and then I literally sat down after five minutes of, like just yelling it was like. Yeah, I can't get away from this team. Like, if I get this irrational anger towards our play call, that is yeah, fandom. Teams, teams are not like jobs. You get, if there's bad management, you can't just leave. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's like, you I couldn't kill. Leave. yeah. You can't you can't just like say like, oh, bad management and no longer like this team. Yeah. Like yeah. I've dealt with a lot of bad years with the Giants, man. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of real bad years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. You just gotta suck it up, and you gotta, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to deal with some bad years. Yeah. And I'm speaking of bad years. I do not know what next year is gonna be. Like literally, I think I saw our draft as a gold. Be a bad year, dude. I was like, I our first two picks, I really liked. We got the pass rushing we need. Both sides, it you know, replace Houston and Andre. Like we're gonna have a solid pass rush. But after that, it started getting a little shaky. Because I was like, guys, we haven't taken it. We took our left tackle. That was a seventh-round pick. And I was like, finally, you got someone. And, like, we really we got, like, some unknown wide receiver. As, like, they said, was very, very raw with talent. But, like, extremely developmental. And I'm like, guys, I, I don't know if this is enough to help Carson Wentz be good next year. So I'm really looking at next year like, oh, my goodness. That's another thing. When there I saw may not Justin be Fields, any players in the world that are good enough to make Carson Wentz. Exactly. Because I saw when I saw Justin Fields fall and the Eagles. The, the, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Bears were able to trade up from twenty to eleven to trade to pick Fields. I was like, 
wait, what the hell? I was like, we're 21. We could definitely have gone up to get Fields. I was like, <laughs> and save our, like, we lost our first round pick from next year and a third round pick for Carson Wentz. I was like, I don't know if it's going to be good. I would rather have a young Justin Fields building that team, but yeah, man. No, Carson Wentz isn't actually a bad quarterback. Like, I, I think he's actually. To be fair, like I said, every team should feel optimistic about a draft, but now is when, like, free agency comes into play, or, like, UDFAs, and now is when coaching comes into play, and now is when, like, playbook strategy, and then, like, will the GMs find the right acquisitions to plug in those holes that you mentioned? My thing is this. Zach Wilson went to BYU. How is he going to handle New York? Because, like, literally people are going to say words that he's never heard in his life, right? They're going to say so many swear words, just, like, not at him, just in his general vicinity. Do you not think that? I would say at him as well. Nothing, nothing against him. Like it's just, uh, it's uh, New York. Like what he expect? Like he's gonna, he's gonna throw one interception, and Jets fans are gonna start booing him. Like you know, like, you, like, like and he like he's this, never this guy. Him. This guy lives in New York, and he's freaking like doesn't know what a real New York accent is. Like he's, <laughs> he's just like yeah, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, it's like he's never heard that. Word. Maybe he like is desensitized because he doesn't know what that word is. He doesn't know it's a swear word, you know. It's like I mean, I'm pretty word. sure if someone like is crossing the street and they see him and they just go, "Yo, fuck you," I think he understands what the hell that means. Yeah, I, would, I think he does. <laughs> like, if he goes, "Thank you, sir," I'll be like, "Leave, just leave New York." So bro. interesting, interesting tidbit that I learned on draft day. Day, sir. Interesting tidbit I learned on draft day about Zach Wilson. So you know the whole reason he went to BYU was because he didn't want like uh, his family and him decided that they didn't want to be too far apart. Mm. So to your point, like you know he's uh he's never really been outside of that area. Mm. But, but no, I think I think he'll look. I think he's a good quarterback. I think I'm always a little apprehensive towards any team that drafts a quarterback intending to start him on day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think 19, 20, and 21-year-olds without any experience in the NFL, and it's not because they're not good quarterbacks and they're not good at reading routes or, like, you know, reading defenses and, like, you know, hitting their targets. Like, defenses are just so different. And, like, the speed offenses is don't change. Yeah. Like, offenses don't change. Like, of course it changes, but – you know, the offense in college football is pretty fast-paced, and it gets a little more refined in, in the NFL, but I don't think it's, like, terribly different where, like, a quarterback can't keep up, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're running the offense. Defenses are wildly different. Like, mm-hmm. you have you have people who played offense, D1 offense, playing defense because they're not good enough, you know? Or, like, I don't know, it's like they're not really good enough. They're just better positioned for defense, right? Like, you have suddenly corners that are taller, faster, stronger. You have safeties that are taller, faster, stronger. Yeah. You have like 300 pound, like defensive linemen that are like, you know, running four fives or four sixes or whatever the hell, you know, like yeah. it's like, it's crazy. That, that's not that you're used to. And so then I think yesterday when I messaged, I don't you, know if they're running four fives and four sixes, but they're but no, but I got, they, they, this is not a yeah. factual podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the hell they're running, but. They're, fat, they're faster than me, and I weigh significantly less than me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yesterday on the Instagram group chat that we all are on, I was like, which quarterback that was picked on Thursday has the most pressure to perform before the fans and the local media are like, this guy's a phony. Like, and I asked you guys on the group chat, um, out of the five of them that were picked, do you think that Zach Wilson has the most pressure on him to like perform immediately? Not necessarily win, but like, you know, throw a lot of touchdowns, keep interceptions at the bottom and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think it's Trevor Lawrence or do you think it's, you know, which one out of those five? Zach, for sure. Zach. But I think also a part of that plays into that is the fact that literally the season ended. And within like four days, the Jets were like, we're going for Zach Wilson. And everyone's like, whoa, hey, this is before you looked at any tape, before you've done a deep dive. There's like, no, no, no. We want that guy. Fields, never heard of him. Zach Wilson's our guy, though. BYU for NYU for New York is the guy. I'm like, dude, you're out of your minds. So I think I think the 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 pure confidence in him is what's gonna add pressure. And then on top of I that, I think there's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. I think you take like a, a Mac Jones, for example. Like I think, I think he's in a system that treats it like a system, mm. you know. And it's a system that's been good for so long that there's not like a no one's like oh he's gonna come out there and be like the best quarterback ever right away, right? Like people have like different expectations. Like for the Jets, he's Zach Wilson is like a savior, you know. Mm. Like oh like this is our one shining light, our chance to not be a crap team anymore, which is like. An enormous amount of pressure to put on. Yeah, a fairly. I think he's like the youngest quarterback of that group, right? Maybe, maybe yeah. Mac Jones is. I think so. I, I don't know. know. I, again, this. I don't believe this episode is like you know extremely focused on fact checking, but let's just say that he is. You know what's funny? He looks the youngest. Yeah, he looks <laughs> the youngest. Matters specifically to fans. You know what's funny? Last week, Bobby was like. Um, you know, the Bears are an overrated uh, franchise. Yeah. And then, like, he's <laughs> very, very I literally saw that happen. I, I was like, I knew it. This is, I spoke this into existence. It's out there for, like, everyone to, like, hear and repeat and clip up on our social yeah. media. But the funny thing is, even Bears fans literally were like, we got Justin Fields. We actually have hope. Like, they're like, yo, this man has played zero downs, and he's already the best, like, best quarterback that we've ever had. <laughs> you know, like, whenever the chickens do come home to roost and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I just thought I was like, I literally was like, dude, he's falling. Oh, my God, the bears are going up. Oh, no, I said the bears can't get him. Oh, wait, the Colts were one spot before. We could have gotten him. Damn it, Carson Wentz. That was my mind <laughs> in the time span of like a minute. <laughs> dude, oh. yeah. I mean, I really hope they don't. I mean, at least I really I was paying I was paying attention to the to the Bears draft, and I will give them credit. They did they definitely focused after they got Fields. Then their second and third picks were O line. They're trying to support that, back it up. So I, I I'm glad they're trying to focus on it. I do hope they don't just throw him out there because that team still needs to, like, develop. And, like, I love Joseph Fields, but he still needs to, like, there's still natural growth and development needs to occur. Yeah. And I think Andy Dalton would be a better person. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to play the whole season, but I think Andy Dalton's going to be the person that's going to play the first four or five games, and yeah. then it's going to transition to Justin Fields. Because I think, I think, I think it was Field Yates, and I had the same thought. I was on, on another group thread. Where it was like, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded 
out of Green Bay, yeah. Justin Fields legitimately could be the best quarterback in that division. And they were like second, I think, in the division last year, I think, without any quarterback play. So they could he could legitimately lead them to a division title within the next two years. But I, I definitely don't think he should be starting day one because that is how you ruin a player. And to be honest, even if like Dalton takes them two and two, three and three, and then they have a buy or whatever the schedule is, then that's perfect. He has a good full three months to be like, okay, I feel comfortable in this scenario. I know I have someone who is watching, who's like, you know, experienced that can help support me if I make bad decision making. Show me what I miss, and that's really what's important. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, I think the Rogers thing is like a, you know. Mm, blown out of proportion, but I do think that right now this is the best time to blow sports news out of proportion. Like we'll see what happens to him. I don't fucking know. Like I don't think he's gonna retire. I mean if he does then you can just put this up and put it on freezing cold takes. Like, <laughs> like the man's not gonna go become the Jeopardy host, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's not um that's not the move. Yeah, no I feel honestly with the the Aaron Rodgers thing, I think he's I think he's a little overblown. I don't think he's getting traded. I think he's going to end up playing. Because, I mean, for all the, the talk about, like, oh, the Packers aren't getting him any help, he's had the best O-line. He's got a top-five run game. He's got Devontae Adams and, like, some real... Alan Lazard before the injury last year was looking like a real breakout wide receiver. And, I mean, like, the def- they pay the defense. They got him a pretty good defense. If Kevin King, like I said before, if he wasn't trying to get fired halfway through the game in the conference finals, I think the Packers would have won and gone to the Super Bowl. And so it's like, I think I think the whole narrative around that is, is overblown. I think Aaron Rodgers is being a little bit of a prima donna. I think he needs to just take a breath, take take the summer, realize like there are going to be very few opportunities where you're going to have a team better than the Packers are right now on a pure talent basis. And so I think once he realizes that, sees the division, He's gonna be like, okay, this this might be where I need to stay. I think I think he's gonna be back. Vish, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, five of things Rogers is staying at Green Bay. Awesome, great. All right, I'm bored of this. Battle. <laughs> what's next? What's the next topic? All right, okay. So, have you guys uh, heard of this whole Caitlyn Jenner running for governor in California? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> okay, so Caitlyn Jenner, uh, for the you know trans uh, icon, she is also part of, he, a part of the Kardashian slash Jenner clan. Um, she decided that she's going to be running for the governor of California with no real background in politics whatsoever. Um, and but there's uh, precedent. There's precedent. There's precedent. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, I typically not I mean, someone who's not... killed someone in a car accident. Let's not forget that. But yeah, uh, let's just let that go. Um, she actually told her family the night before she announced, and apparently all of her kids on the both the Jenner and the Kardashian clan was like, "Don't do this. Do you do not want to have this spotlight on your life?" On our lives, and for the fact that the media center, media centered life that these people have grown up in, for them to be like, no, 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 this is a whole different kind of media inquisition that we don't want to have, is shocking to me. Well, I think I think because like for them, media has always been a. Uh, I mean, of course, media is like in their face a lot too, and like cause a lot of problems, but they're also experts at. Um, 
I don't want to say like like not using the media, but like they use it almost as a platform, right, to get mm. their messaging out too. Like you know, they know how to spin things really well. They know True. how to like. I mean, they're experts at marketing, right? And yeah. A media at the end of the day is a source of that if you use it the right way. Yeah. So I feel like they've always been really good at like making sure that um, whenever, even if there's a, a, a negative story that's going to come out, it's like kind of, you know, uh, like they can put their spin in it yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, but not always, not always, you know, there's plenty of like cases where they're not, but there are experts at marketing. Like, you know, that's a, they're phenomenal business people. Like, you know, it's true. It's true. But, but, it, it, but the point being that I think because of that, they realize that when you're doing something like public office, the spotlight isn't something that is controllable or, mm. you know, like now people are like actually out for really finding dirt on you. You know, yeah. like they're really looking under, under every rock, you know, yeah. there's really nothing you can protect yourself from. Yeah. They're also not, they're not trying to let you get in front of it. <laughs> they're like, yeah. if we're going to be breaking this. We want an instant reaction from you. So like, yeah, that's, that's how it breaks. What about you, Tejas? What do you think? Isn't it just another PR stunt, like, by the <laughs> Kardashian-Jenner clan? I just assumed it was to, for, like, clicks, likes, and retweets. Well, after after her break, well, like, you know, whatever, like, uh, they're divorced now, I guess, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, after all of that, like, I mean, are their businesses even really codependent anymore? I mean, does Caitlyn Jenner really depend on the Kardashians anymore to, uh, or does she have her own brand now? I think they're just even if they're like divorced, I think they're still tied together. Like I don't think they can separate it. So like you think the brands aren't separated out? Like you know, it's not like people. Are, yeah, I don't think they can. It's just that they're just too. They've been together for too long. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I think I do agree with you. I think they might not be a part of the reason why they're not happy because I think it was a mutual decision for them to end the keeping up with the Kardashians this year. This is the last season because a lot of them are getting tired of that spotlight. So I think. A part of this whole backlash from the Kardashian side towards this, this decision is because they're like, we don't want to have to deal with it anymore. Spotlight. Yeah. So now we get a question about all this now. Like, we don't want this. And I mean, Caitlyn didn't help by coming out with one of her biggest platforms right away is that she's against trans girls. Um, so I just by- wanna, I just want to say I never in a million years imagined that one day I would be <laughs> on a podcast. With three grown men debating the Kardashian and Jenner feud or whatever the hell. It never in a million years was ever something that I thought I would be doing and very weird. Yeah, and for the record, I think I've maybe seen one and a half episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians in my entire life. I've seen zero. I've genuinely seen zero. I really liked her um her interview with David Letterman on that show, um, the Netflix show with David Letterman, you know. The, oh yeah, like, my next guess is whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really humanized her, you know. Like I'm a big fan after that, like of her business acumen. Yeah. Mm. You know about Caitlyn, right? No, no, no. This is Kim Kardashian. Okay, we got we got to specify a lot of hers in this, in this family. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Kim Kardashian was on. And to be fair, uh, you gotta give credit to Chris for building an empire with you know, the way that she's built it. I mean, like, that family is raking in, you know, millions of money. And and she's really good at managing, like, the PR, as you guys said earlier. 
the PR that's there around the family and just getting in front of it and keeping the narrative focused. I mean, hats off to her. She's done a phenomenal job over the last 20 years. Like, I mean, or sorry, not 20, over the last 10 years. I mean, that's pretty good. They're collectively worth like at least a billion, right? They have to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're, they, each of them have their own brands and their own like clothing lines and makeup brands and modeling things, and it's it's a lot. I think they like, and they probably get a lot of money for like appearances and for sure, you know, like doing like I don't know, like Instagram uh, shows, like the modeling and stuff. Like I, they for like spots and stuff on Instagram that they get paid like yeah, yeah, thousands. or like post a picture even. Like I bet you they make like. Like there's all kinds of native advertising yeah. pictures, probably, you know. Like, yes. Yeah. Although about Instagram, that. it's funny. I think like last weekend, some, some girl I follow, like, she like, posted a picture of like something that Kardashian had posted, and it was all the Kardashians together, the girls. No lie. I like skipped through it, and I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, uh, I forget which one was the model, but I was like, oh, she's like with some of the other models. And then I went back, and I was like, wait a second. Those aren't the other models. Those are the actual sisters. And I swear I paused and I looked at each one individually. I was like, dude, y'all don't look anything like you did 10 years ago. Like, zero bits. Like, <laughs> Chloe, I didn't recognize. I was like, dude, like, what? Like, I know Taylor says, like, the whole Bella Hadid has, like, her whole, like, face change and stuff. And I'm like, maybe she got a nose job. I don't know. I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. Talking <laughs> 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 about plastic surgery. Not We're talking really. about Bella Hadid, faces changing no, 10 years ago. I didn't even know who these people were, okay? Uh, like, yeah, Bible is saying how the Kardashian family has a lot of work to, like, make them look different to how they used to, which is normal in that line of work. And, yes, I do say that about the Hadids, but that's mostly because the son who's dating Dua Lipa like, Wait, really? I don't know if you lose anything. What is going on? So I'm just like, and he looks, he looks, he looks so bad. I'm just like, you're dating Dua Lipa. You guys got to stop reading TMZ. It's like garbage. He just looks like garbage. <laughs> this is garbage. This, this right now. What we're well, we're talking like. about it. So there you go. But on the real, on back to, I guess, California politics, Caitlyn yeah. Jenner's, uh, one of her so, contentious points are. In her platform? Is that what I'm understanding? Like what? the only thing in her platform is that like trans women can't compete in women in, or trans girls can't compete in girls' sports. Is that what? Um, I mean? that's not her entire platform, but that's like she like literally announced like I think on like Monday or Tuesday, and then like two days later, this was like the first news I heard about like a position and stance that she was holding. I see. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah, so the point, uh, a little background for the listeners is but, Caitlyn Jenner believes oh, that violence. Icon that she's like anti trans competition. My man, I'm trying to get the background on what the position is. <laughs> That's the third time. I know, I'm dude. This is pissing me off now. It's the third <laughs> time. <laughs> he keeps going all out war, held and dual leap. I'm like, dude, yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I, don't, I have literally no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, recent guys, focus. <laughs> so, Caitlyn Jenner believes that trans girls. Um, so biological boys that have, uh, are trans and uh, female, um, she believes that they should not be allowed to compete in female sports in, uh, in basically, definitely at least in the, the school, high school, college levels. Um, she hasn't specifically clarified if she believes that in the professionals or not, but she definitely believes that in the college and the uh, high gonna, school levels. I'm going to go out on a limb here. What about elementary school? Yes, like all, anything below, college and below, she thinks 
girl, trans girls should not be allowed to compete in oh. girls' sports. So even before puberty, like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, right now, girls and boys play together, like, and, you know, kind of. I played a co-ed league. Like, I don't, I don't know what Yeah, she, also, I'm like. assuming she. Well, all right, anyway, continue, like, finish your thing. I have many thoughts. Yeah. No, no, that's, that is the main position. So please, react, tell me your thoughts, go yeah, for go it. Ahead, go ahead. Because I've been I mean, about this a little bit, too. And well, yeah. First of all, I'm really confused. This is her like key position, like to run for governor. Or, no, like, this is the biggest cl- first claim since that she's made since coming out as running for governor. Oh, so we don't know her positions on anything. Yeah, this is the first thing that she came out. This on is the first thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a very bold thing to come out. <laughs> 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 Look, I, no, no. First of all, I think a very important topic, and you know, an important position. But like, it just seems like a kind of sh- like I don't know, maybe a, a fourth thing. Maybe you, you know, come out with. Or <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. don't let's not try to offend people right away, Caitlin Jenner. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> ease into it. Like, you know, let, build a base or something. Yeah, <laughs> like politics one hundred and one. You know, <laughs> have some people actually like you before you come out and say something that's. Uh, <laughs> polarizing you know (laughs) also before we start giving our opinions we just want to make it very clear like we are all here in support of the lgbtqi plus community uh we're all for trans rights and if we say something here that is uh conflicting conflicting with that please like we are we generally come from a moment of like hope and love and if we are wrong please educate us like so we can learn because we're just trying to expand our minds here so please continue I'll, I'll start. I'll yeah, start go for it. Lot. Um, I find any kind of discourse about, and especially someone who referees and works at this level with children from under 13 to under 17, I promise you no one cares. Like, I, I promise you anyone at that level competitive does not give a shit, whether it's, you know, biological male, biological female, trans male, trans male, no one gives a shit, 100%. And to come out on that platform, as we said, being like the first key point, I feel like is disingenuous from her. And I also think that she might be trying to cater to a base that she wants for support, which she'll never get in California. So I don't know <laughs> what the angle is here. Um, and yeah, that's that's really it. Like, I, I, I refereed a an under 13 boys game that had a girl on their team and she was the best fucking player and we were like okay she's you have the pass it says you're on this team you can play like no one gives a shit i'm in a co-ed soccer league as well like we do mixed doubles the you in the tennis you know and no one cares (laughs) we just let them live with their kids right they're just figuring out we're adults as we're figuring it out you know our identity and our place in this world and to suddenly say oh you can't do this, you can't do that. Seems limiting. Not really a big fan of people that don't want to ex- expand access and expand like community building. But she comes from a yeah, I just don't. I, I just go ahead, Tasia. No, no, she, she just comes from a different strata. Like, she, I don't think she can relate to what the common person has to deal with. You know, like putting food on the table. Where's that next paycheck going to come from? How can I like support my family? How can I have a place to stay? How do I build wealth? You know, that's 
that's something that's probably more relevant given COVID than like, oh. <laughs> I want to be honest, buddy. I think you lost me there. <laughs> they were talking about Drake, right? I don't know. I almost like, he doesn't know where to get a paycheck. You don't know, man. The rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure she understands the plight of, like, you know, <laughs> trans women. People. Yeah, like, I feel like she she definitely knows. But oh. no, no, no. That's why I wasn't sure where you were going. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a wealth gap thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just don't. I, one of the, one of the things Tage said earlier on before you know, I kind of lost his uh, <laughs> brain. <laughs> but um, was that like the whole competitive nature of it? Like, I I almost feel like you know she's not she, but like this problem or whatever that people say that there's a problem with this. It's like not like a problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I genuinely, when I was younger, I would say you know whether we were playing with boys or girls or you know. I mean, we didn't have that many trans people, at least at the time, in our school or whatever. But yeah. I didn't really care who I was playing with. I just wanted a competitive game, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter, um, you know, who that person is as long as they can play. I feel like it shouldn't matter. But, like, I mean, what's the argument? What, why? I think is it yeah. because, like, the, the claim is that um, – they would have some sort of biological advantage, or yeah. So I, th- I think that that's the potential idea that basically, let's say, it's a seventeen-year-old boy, even in high school sports, if you're like playing on the varsity team and you are a man, testosterone by naturally you have a higher muscle growth, muscle development, and so idea is if you are a boy, biological boy who had that biological advantage of coming in with more testosterone, having the more ability to gain muscle and become trans and enter female sports, you have a natural biological advantage. Even though you are transitioned to become a girl, you've already had 17 years, basically, worth of an advantage of testosterone. And testosterone well, I feel like testosterone doesn't really kick in until, like, puberty. I mean, it's there, but it's yeah. not, like, real exactly, until Exactly, yeah. Puberty. It's marginal to, like, like yeah, so it's like, yeah. But is there, si- is there science that proves that, like, uh, have there I been, have there been trans people in, uh, you know, uh, like trans, I don't know what the correct yeah. Is. I've is I've there seen, a trans woman that so. is that boy that has transitioned to? I believe a, so. A, I believe so. Trans. Yeah. No. Okay. So no. The only one who is is Caitlyn Jenner who transitioned after competing. That's after competing. Yeah. No, 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 no. That I, I wasn't looking for an example. I was just trying to look for the right uh, phrase, oh. uh, like the term, like you know, terminology like, for it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um. But so. I guess my question is like, who are there high schoolers? Is there an example or something like? I have seen examples of trans boys that have competed in boys male sports and won, and I don't think they have much of an issue on that. But so I haven't seen the example of a trans girl competing in girl sports. Again, I might be wrong, but there might not just be known about this. But I've definitely seen examples. I know there's like a wrestling. Championship that has come from a trans boy. Um, I think there are a couple other sports where I've seen trans boys play and win, but I, I haven't seen many trans women. But I can understand. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, unless there's like really like, like you know, some examples of this, or like there's like science to back it up. I don't really. This seems like a kind of moot thing, you know. Like, yeah, I think it's definitely tricky. Like, I, I can understand the idea because I mean, like. Even when we were in high school, I think because obviously we're coming from the guys' perspective, so it was like, we're like, oh, like, we'd be cool with girls playing. 
But like, I think it would be interesting to have a girl on to have a conversation and be like, how would you feel if a boy during high school that had been competing as a boy changed sports after transitioning? I think that could have, if I were to put myself, even going back to high school mentally, you could tell there was, even 15, 16, 17, there was a size difference between varsity and JV boys and varsity and JV girls. And so, I can potentially understand, but like, I think it should be up to the athletes. If the athletes themselves uh, the don't tennis care. Team, tennis team, we, didn't, we all looked the same throughout our entire high school. Really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the tennis is in a sport where, you know, there's a, like a radical body change. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, you say basketball, let's say field hockey, let's say soccer, let's say, you know, ba- like, yeah, but I played, so- I don't know, dude, like, I, I felt like in high school, like, there were, there were girls soccer players that were just as good as the boys soccer players, uh, like you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about skill uh, though. I think skill is. No, but even like they did like body up, like you know, like it's fine. Soccer is you can't tackle each other. You know, it's not like a violent game per se. There's definitely some um, physicality to it, but it's not. It's not physicality that's like. I don't think that would be equal between a you know boy and a girl. Like it's not like. You know, Neymar is not particularly strong, man. Like, you know, it's like he does true. just fine. You know, it's not a sport that requires physicality is what I'm saying. Yeah. True, true. You know, um, like that kind of physicality, like the, you know, body. body checking. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, tennis also, like, you know, I don't I don't think it would be an issue at that age. Like, you know, um, there's plenty of women tennis players that I think would not only keep up with the mental but like keep their ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's not really – I get, maybe in, like, football. I've seen in football – well, obviously football, but, but there's not female football much. But I'm saying, like, there's not an exclusive female in football thing. But yeah, I, I can yeah. see it in – I can see it in – I can understand the argument. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. I think it should come down to essentially the athletes themselves. If the athletes are comfortable with that competition, which I think if you're an athlete, you really want to go against someone tougher. You want to go into the like, hey, it's part of competition. So I don't, I don't think they would necessarily be against it. But, but I think it's yeah. like one of those things that like people are like worried about. That's not really an issue. Like you know, like it's um, the argument against bathroom. You know, like having. Um, you know, trans transgender people going into the bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Of like, you know, that's like such a stupid thing. And like looking at other like boys or other girls is like funny, you know, private parts or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how to say this. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to make this like a freaking like a, yeah. We gotta cut this out. I'm trying to make this like a G-rated like podcast, and it's not. This like, is definitely not G-rated podcast. Parts. <laughs> Um, no, but like, it's not, it's like one of those things that people are worried about, like, uh, a crazy specific circumstance is probably not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with this, like, you know, it's, it's probably not an issue because most sports, it wouldn't be even an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of sports where like, there's a huge physicality would cause a problem, you know, at that level. Yeah. Cause he's like, like, we want to protect girls. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like yeah, everyone's like we want to protect. It's funny because like, she like made her stance, and the next day like she was going to get coffee, Caitlyn Jenner, <laughs> and they like tasked her. She's like, I didn't think I was going to get asked this. I'm like, coffee run, but yes, I stand. I stand by what I said. I'm like, first of all, you 100 percent should have known <laughs> you were going to ask this. 
the moment you said these words. Also, okay. her thing was like, yeah, we're trying to protect girls sports. I'm like, this is not how you protect girls sports. Don't protect girls sports. Protect the funding for them. Protect like the equal distribution of resources. Yeah, it seems like, like a, it seems like a, you know, like there's like so many other things that are wrong with women's sports in terms of you know un, un, inequality. That yeah. this is not the thing to like, you know, go and plant your flag down on. And- <laughs> yeah, and actually, I think that actually jogs my mind to a good topic here. Uh, I saw this thing on ESPN a couple of weeks ago. It was they were talking about how the rise of a more spotlight on female sports, especially during the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and like WNBA. And they're saying like there's there's been a significant interest in it here. And they're like, is that the conversation kind of became like, why are female sports not necessarily more profitable? Is it because they're not interesting and therefore people aren't watching it, or? People aren't watching it and getting more money to it because they aren't promoting it. So it's like a chicken and the egg. So what do you think? And I, I think just personally, the idea and the fact that ESPN to go more focused and like, hey, we're going to show these games on FTV. You're going to know about it. We're going to talk about it. I want to let the world know about it. I think that really helped grow the sport. I think that's the direction it should be going. So what do you? What's your guys' opinion? Is it the chicken or the egg? How do you think interest develops? I, I think it's a uh, huge amount of. If I go first. Um, I think, you know, uh, the UFC is a perfect prime example of why it's not chicken and the egg. Um, so I think the UFC actually does a phenomenal job giving a lot of focus on, on the female fight fighters and their fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been doing that for some time. I mean, they could do more, right? You know, they, they could be the main card, yeah. know, kind of like the prime last fight of the night kind of thing. But yeah. I still think like, you know, they promoted those fights like a lot. Like everyone, like Ronda Rousey was like a household name. You know? Yeah, yeah. And because they did that, right, people watched it and were like, yeah, this is actually awesome, you know. Um, and that's the thing with, you know, most people are like, they just assume that they're not going to enjoy female sports because they, because I don't think, it's like, oh, if like t- the TV people don't think it's worth putting on TV or putting it in prime time, then it's probably not as good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think it is a promotion first thing. Like, I think the, the people who are like promoting these things or putting it on TV or whatever, deciding that, like, I think they have to almost, you know, show people that it, it is just as interesting to watch and then people will get more into it. But my, my opinion though, I don't know. I'm not a expert in, media at all so i don't know how this stuff works <laughs> yeah I think, I think that with women's sports women's leagues they have less of a opportunity in media because and the they have less of an opportunity compared to men's sports uh men's uh, men's teams men's leagues they are given a bigger gap in term profitability Whereas women's leagues, there's like an unrealistic expectation because no league is profitable in its first year, just like how no business, very few businesses are profitable in their first year. A league like the big three, which I love, it's it's, it's third season. And that was a three on three? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's third that was season. terrible, dude. I don't like that at all. <laughs> you don't like it at all? Yeah, I wasn't no. a big fan of that at yeah. all. Y'all got to stay home. <laughs> stay retired. <Yeah. laughs> they literally look like backyard basketball, dude. I was like, I'd rather watch this like, <laughs> it's not that much better. I'll watch golf. Like, I'll like, watch yeah. golf. It's cool. <laughs> I like. I started liking golf a lot more. They're um, they're in their third season, and 
they do, they still, from what I've seen, like they still don't have profitability, but they're still there on, you know, the access to watch is still there. And then you look like you look at WNBA and it, it's never afforded that it was never afforded that same like equal footing until much more recently in the last couple of years when there was that very public acknowledgement by NBA players of their uh, enjoyment of the WNBA. And I think that in um, in Europe this year, the six nations the men's six nations and the women's six nations the tournaments were a little bit different you have a little background what the six nations is for sure, so the six years. nations are six what sport is this yeah i was like i give a little background bro they don't know you and i know but people don't know and, 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 <laughs> i was like i don't even i was like oh europe he's probably talking about soccer but then yeah. he's talking about six nations i was like there's way more nations in europe than soccer. <laughs> So now it's like maybe it's cricket, but like cricket is like, you know. It could be. No, but I bring this up because um, this is how I think uh, women's sports teams should, and people who watch women's sports should be talking about it. In the men's Six Nations, it's six teams. They all play each other once, and whoever is at the top of the league table at the end of that wins the Six Nations. In the women's Six Nations, because it was delayed due to COVID, they were like, okay, we'll have two separate groups, and the top team from each group will face in a final. And suddenly it became interesting. Oh, this is like a rugby final. So for like a lot of the rugby public, they're like, we're going to watch this. And I think that it, instead of copying a men's league format, if they try something new and different, maybe with different divisions, different times that you face off, different playoff structure, that might be more exciting and perhaps even more engaging for people that are a fan of the sport to see a different kind of format. Something like an in-season tournament that the NBA has talked about. If the WNBA did that, I, I have a strong feeling that people would flock to it because we want to see, like, one-off basketball. Imagine, like, seven game sevens in a row, just, like, knockout style all the way. That's why we watch, you know, college basketball. So something to think about in that sense. But in general, I feel like they're not given the opportunity. So why not take the opportunity to try new and different things, right? Well, outside of the traditional mold that's already been established in men's sports and carve your own path as a lead. So here's here's a question. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys' opinion is on this. Most of the major uh, European soccer clubs have female divisions as well, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a big Milan fan, so I didn't know until I started following them on Instagram, and I was like, oh, wow, they had to have a female soccer league and all that. Yeah. Do you think a corporation like Sky Sports, ESPN, etc., has some sort of obligation to buy the rights and show the female sports to the rest of the world? Because I don't even think a lot of Europeans even watch the female sport. So it's like the female soccer game, I'm saying, specifically. Do you think it is a corporation's duty in that way to invest their money in it? Good question. I remember from the first podcast, Amun was like, businesses can do whatever they want. And I do agree with that. Like, businesses can choose to do whatever they want. And if they choose not to, that's their decision. Yeah, let, uh, I have a nuanced uh, answer to this one. So I'm a big believer in, you know, businesses should be able to do what is right for the business. And you know, right for their shareholder. Like, I think there is a true fiduciary responsibility there, right? Like, yeah. you have to do what's right for your owners and and what's right for your... But 
I used to think what's right for your owners is all about the bottom line and hitting that bottom line on the immediate, right? Mm -hmm. But as I've worked with more and more companies, what I realized it's an organization or corporation's responsibility, yes, is to their owners, but that means there's other stuff, right? It's not just about the money. It's not just about the, you know, it's, it's recognizing that other things matter mm-hmm. and recognizing that sometimes you have to be the one that um, helps ignite that, that change. Mm-hmm. And you think about like organizations through, through the years that have been part of like important social change, they usually end up becoming much bigger and better because of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Facebook was always a little bit on the forefront of being a little bit more, you know, socially conscious, you know, looking after their employees in a different way, you know, being a little bit more involved in the community or whatever. Right. And they, they became more popular for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like a million examples of organizations that are very socially involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and they get credit for that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think if if a company like ESPN or whatever, and, and they're all doing it already, right? Like yeah. some of them have already recognized this and are trying to work towards that. But yeah, I mean, I think I think if they do that, you know, people have more support towards that brand. I mean, if if I'm ESPN, right, and I'm thinking, oh, like you know, most of my base might be men and women that watch these sports, right? I'm probably not capturing a big big chunk of people that w- would like to watch women's sports, yeah. you know? I mean, rather than replaying Sports Center the same episode eight times a day, you can probably squeeze in another game of something yeah. else, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's not like it's not... And I think they recognize that, right? Like, I mean, I'm talking like I'm a big shot that knows how to hell make money in this space. But... <laughs> no, but you've hit the nail on the head, I feel, especially in the media space, like, you have you have all of these broadcasting hours that you fill up with old repeated episodes of content that has been already consumed, regurgitated, and spat out. And the fact is, given you know attention spans are declining, you can't just be showing the same like you know Sports Center episode for four hours a day. So how else do you fill that content on ESPN? You go into sports that don't have that level of uh, access, and you you are the conduit for that access and we'll see them you'll see the numbers go up uh and yeah all- well i think it has to be a systemic thing dude like at, yeah. at the end of the day like it's yeah. it's everyone you know it's like it's like everything has been stacked against women's sports yeah, yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous it's the media doesn't play the games right colleges don't fund these games yeah you know society doesn't really until very recently, even accepted that women should be playing sports, right? Like, yeah, it's Title Nine, yeah. And yeah, you know, it's, it's like uh, literally every step from birth to the professionals, yeah. everything has been stacked up again. And it, once you even get to the pros, I mean, there's a good. Ch- I mean, some pro athletes are freaking working a second job. Yeah, but they're not paid enough for what they're doing. That's nuts. That is nuts. What the fuck? Like, I, or, look, I I understand that maybe the pay won't be completely equal because one is generating more revenue for you than the other. Yeah. Maybe. But A, it's a, again, systemic thing, right? It's generating more money because you're giving it the primetime slots when everyone's able to watch the games. You know, if you're going to play WNBA games at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, like I'm not going to be able to watch that. Yeah. So it's, 
yeah, I mean, it's from start to finish, right? Like, it's just like, yeah. you can't fix the problem just at the, the the point of where, like, it's going on TV. Yeah. You have to fix it all the way, right? I mean, and think about if there's more money being siphoned into these sports. I mean, you're going to have more competitive player, like, you know, you're going to develop more. I mean, why isn't soccer popular in, in America? It's because we're not as competitive in, in soccer, on the men's soccer against yeah. the rest of the world, right? So. Yeah. Until you start funneling money into there, you're not going to get more competitive players to be, you know. And so we have a lot of great women's athletes, but we can have even more if we're putting money into it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I think there's some sports that are just ridiculous, right? Like, I think tennis, UFC, golf, you know, there's a few sports that probably, you know, are the the better of the group at, you know, showing both genders. Yeah. Um, they, the more yeah. one-on-one, more individual like yeah. competition ones, yeah, yeah, and they've done they've done a good job for you know a while. Yeah. Tennis always has. I mean, again, there's a lot of gaps to be filled, and it still needs to be improved. But I think they're more you know, on the on, on the right side of things. But I mean, the WNBA is like really ridiculous. Like that's a historic difference, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. What else? I mean, that's not the major sport. That's, that's really it, really. Because you have the NCAA women's tournament, but it's like, there. I might be wrong about this. If you guys know more, tell me. I don't think there are any other major female leagues in America. There's, uh, there's NWA. Well, soccer, soccer, I was going to say, is a huge one. There's soccer one? Okay. Um, like, I mean, the fact that America is so ridiculously good at women's soccer. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they don't get, like, the same recognition for it, except for the World Cup. Like, World Cup, suddenly we're all, like, huge women's soccer fans. Yeah, you know, but like none of us, uh, you know, really, and because like where I don't even know if it's on TV or like when it's on TV. Yeah, I didn't and know they had uh, female clubs. Like I, I just didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, we're we're like one of the best teams in the world, if not the best. Yeah, many many years in a row, and you know, still we're like you know, no attention paid to that sport for some, some reason. You know, mm-hmm. but and not that men's soccer is huge in America, but. Even then, it's yeah. way more popular than women's soccer for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's. I agree. I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think the whole... That's a big inequity, I think, that really showed up with the coronavirus pandemic, especially in the, the fall and the spring of last year, where a lot of these sports had to get canceled. And it was like school... I mean, like... I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these schools are making money off of, of football and men's basketball. That's where they were getting enough scholarship money and stuff to fund these other sports, you know, for both male and female sports. And so like, that's where I think female sports really do a hit. Like the, the battle for Title IX equality really got pushed forward because it was like, yo, like we get you need money, but like you can't just only end up favoring the male sports and cut, you know, 70% of the female sports. Um, and it, it's, it's def, I agree that. Interest has to be generated and be shown, and someone has to make the conscious decision that we're going to invest in this. But I can, it, it's hard to find that balancing act of, let's say, like that primetime game you mentioned, I'm on, where, yeah, like I can't watch the you know, WNBA game at primetime, but then it becomes, well, do in order to make that switch between the games, between primetime and regular time, what is that, that threshold? If it's like a sixty forty, like I can I can live with a little bit twenty percent drop and expect it as an investment. But if it's like I'm getting let's say seventy five million dollars in advertising revenue for one, 
and the other one I'm getting ten. Well, now that's a that's a major bottom line difference. So it's like how I think I think it's a consistent societal push. We got to find the equality. We as individuals, human beings, to be like I'm going to invest my effort into this and make the conscious effort into it. So as with any social issue, we have to all. It's not just going to happen. I think we all have to individually make that push for it. And I think change is going to come. I think it is happening, but it, it is slow. And I, I think corporate individuals and corporations as a whole, like, especially with ESPN, I noticed that with the NCAA Women's Tournament mm-hmm. and like the WNBA coverage. I, I loved it. I mean, like, I would follow like who's winning the Women's Tournament, but I would never watch it. Because just like I just didn't know where to watch it. <laughs> like I just didn't know. The women's tournament had more engagement on social media than the men's this year. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was a great tournament. It was a great tournament. That that final four was exciting. There was conversation. Yeah. There was like you debate. were kind of attached to that. Your return on investment, and I think that's the thing. Like the corporate involvement. I mean, to be fair, like I said, it is systemic. Like I, I'm not going to name the, the the club that was involved, but there was a club that organized like a rugby tournament. I, I can't even say which state because I feel like people will guess which one it is but they organized a men's tournament and, the, and a women's tournament and the women's tournament the guys forgot to get like a cup for the women's team that won the tournament unbelievable and so then the women's team just like started like roasting the fuck out of the organizer he was like what do you mean you rightfully so <laughs> and these are all like adults you know like an adult women's league like the adult like what you couldn't just fucking go to wherever and just yeah. buy it just order two <laughs> that's all it is Buy one, no, buy two. <laughs> it's as simple as that. One already. Yeah, they roasted the fuck out. Dude, I don't know. I feel like uh, I would say that I I feel like, yeah, there might be a little bit of lost money, right, initially. Initially. But yeah. first of all, I, I also understand change takes time, right? I'm not yeah. saying like, oh, go right now, 50-50, split the time evenly and like, you know, see where the chips fall. Like, you know, well, that's – I. You have to do it, you know, in stages or whatever, yeah. but, like, try and see what happens. Second of all, I don't think people would not watch the sports. Agreed. They're good. They're excitement. Like, you know, I, I find them, you know, when I watch sports rarely, but I haven't really, you know, felt like it's not just as exciting. And, um, dude, I don't know. I'll watch anything. You know, like, I'll be on ESPN and I'm watching, like, I don't know, the world's strongest man competition, bowling, like freaking like there's like a wood chopping competition. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like lumberjack competition where they just chop a bunch of different wood. And the Ocho. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, and dude, I used to watch, I love watching any of that. Like, I'll, and I'm not saying women's sports is not like in par with that. It's like, you know, this, I mean, these are all legitimate sports and they're all legitimate, like things yeah. that people want to watch. And we'll, true sports fans will watch. Any sport, yeah. Anytime with any like gender or anyone, and I think you know you got to just, re- you know, you're gonna get a little bit of pushback from people that are annoying, but whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's a good point you've raised about like kind of how do you grow the brand, how do you get the interest on it. And they were talking about how in the NCAA for basketball, for men's it's one and done, and for women's it's you have to play four years and graduate. Oh, I think it's four or three years. I forget what it is. And they're trying to say, like, is that a good thing for women's basketball or bad? And Wait, as in you have to play for four years to go into WNBA? Yeah, yeah. 
And so Wait, you have to. It's not the one year rule. Yes, yeah, so you have to, basically, yeah. And so they were debating like, is that a good thing or a bad thing for women's basketball? And they actually raised a really interesting topic there. Because with men's basketball it's like because the teams are already going to the NBA, like they don't need to be like a huge brand star right away, they can still make money. But except for female basketball stars that that when they enter the NBA, WNBA, it's good for them because they're able to build a brand and like the NCAA lets them build a brand more than they let the men build a brand. And so when Brianna Stewart is graduating after four years at UConn, she's got a far larger brand and far larger cachet to enter the WNBA with than she would in one year. Um, at this point, I think eventually it probably it becomes a, the more the growth increases for WNBA, the more increasing the tournament for WNBA or the NCAA women's tournament increases, then it becomes, I think it would translate more to a one and done. But the idea of like having a four year, getting Sabrina Ionesco build that brand up for three, four years at Oregon, letting Brianna Stewart develop and learn about their names, keep hearing about their names being tied with the Yukons, with the Oregons, with the Texas and LSUs. Now, all of a sudden, like it's more interesting when they enter. So, like, what, what, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's a that's do you think it's a better way to grow the sport by having the brand name of female athletes develop and then enter the league? Or the league develop before the brand of the league. Well, that I mean, this is just a larger question on whether or not there's a responsibility of the the professional leagues to demand that people complete their four years of education. Yeah. Before allowing them to join the league. Yeah. Um, because I see it both ways. I think I think the vast majority of people don't succeed in the professionals, right? Yeah. And so making people finish their education sets them up for a backup plan Mm -hmm. if the pros don't work out. Yeah. At the same time, there are certain, you know, you only have so many years to be good in pro sports. And if you're ready at 19, 20, and you can maximize the money you can make over your, like, you know, fairly short professional career in the pro athlete, like as a pro athlete, Mm-hmm. You know, most pro athletes only have what five to ten years of being like, yeah, yeah. Why not maximize the n- the number of years you could be pro and making that kind of money? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I think it's very hard to. to I think that's a tough one. Yeah, cause at least for me, it's like when I was like, what really got me into WNBA was a couple of years ago. It was like, I, it was the names of the, the female stars, like Elena Della Don and Candace Parker. And so, like, for me, it's like, I didn't know much about the female game. Like, it was the team's great and all that. I didn't know that. But I knew, like, okay, hey, uh, Della Don is playing, you know, with Washington, and, you know, she's an MVP, and now I'm interested. Um, when Sabrina Escu like, entered, I was like, oh, I I know her, right? I didn't know her, her first year. I didn't know these people the first year. But, like, the I for me personally – Knowing who these women are before they enter the draft, after like a couple of years, but that's that's, that that's coming from someone who I genuinely think you watch college sports more than you watch pro sports. Yeah, yeah. So, so you for you, yeah, that's the case. I don't watch any college sports, so I don't yeah. really know any of the main. Like the only ones I'll know is for like NFL purposes because like I need to know who's gonna get drafted. <laughs> but, um. You know, like, I, I mean, I personally don't think so because mm-hmm. I don't watch college sports. Like, you're coming from – I don't think you're 
you're necessarily talking about like, you know, branding and all like, I think you're just coming from a space where you follow people through college yeah. more. Yeah. Um, what about you, Davis? Do you think, how do you, what do you think, if they, how would the best way for the, the WNBA and the NCAA women's tournament kind of like work together to, to, to grow the great, to, to grow the female game? How do you think they should do it? I think if the NCAA allowed or, or removed their stringent measures on players and allowed players to bring whatever money they can, that would really help show a shift towards not only building brands, but also the, the commercial aspect of it and really reinvest heavily in the women's game. Because I would say, without a doubt, UConn, the women's basketball team, is objectively the best college team, from what I understand. Not just in women's sports, not just in sports, like, overall. I think they're, like, there's some ridiculous run. And, like, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Who doesn't want to watch stuff like that? And the players that are involved, maybe it does shift. But you allow that kind of access and freedom for talent then you'll see the best benefits for that. Like, like, like Amun was saying, it's all about the access. Yeah. I, I think, well, first of all, I think the simple, first of all, the first solution should be that it's treated equally between the men's and women's. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think, I mean, if, if the men are allowed to do the one year and done, then That's so true. should the women. Like, I don't know why there's a separate treatment. It's like, what's the rationale way. there? Is there a rationale for that? Or? Uh, I, they probably do have a rationale to look into it. Um, if I had to guess, I think it. I think kind of takes a hit on it. It's like kind of just, I mean, one of you guys was mentioning like the salaries and all that stuff. I think the idea is to bet, keep them into a good position where they see that the WNBA is, was, when they probably instituted the rule, was not at a point where... Got it. Just they want to make sure that they're fully game. educated so that way. Yeah. Sure. That way they have a backup career. Yeah. Yeah. Men's college sports has been going on for a hundred years. Women's college sports have been what thirty? Something like I don't know what time. I think it's thirty, forty years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's, it's not it's not going to be you know ready made, but there is significant progress. And yeah. So yeah, well, at least on the commercial side of it. So yeah, no. I'd say as well. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, upward to the moon. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have much else to say on that topic. Um, do you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about today? Uh, just looks, <laughs> looks very excited to talk about this one other topic, one final yeah. topic. What do you got, buddy? The photo of Justin Bieber with his dress. Oh, yes. Justin what is Bieber. this photo? I'm going to look this up. Here, we'll yeah. send it. Is it like is it like when uh, James Franco played um, uh, what's the, the, the Spring weird... Breakers guy? Yeah, man, whatever he, uh, he played in that movie. Yeah, uh, I still haven't watched that movie, but like, yeah, Justin Bieber just like tweeted something, and he had like dreads, and he's like got the full twist in there, and he kind of got roasted naturally because it was like, dude, what are you what are you doing? People are like, this is hobo chic. And everyone's like, whoa, is this man, like, straight up appropriating his, like, black culture? Like, what the hell's going on here? So, I didn't know that dreads were considered appropriation. I mean, I guess I kind of knew. Like, uh, you know. It, I don't fully really get like, appropriation. I'm kind of weird on, on, like, most people. Yeah, I don't I don't fully. I think. We're going to have to cut this whole piece of shit out. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's going to get in trouble for all this crap. <laughs> no one is pointing out that he has a chessboard on his shirt, essentially, that says, awake, 
So I don't know what he's trying I to do. I don't even know what Tage is talking about now. Apparently, no. Justin Bieber has a <laughs> tattoo on his chest that says awake. No, not a tattoo. His shirt. The shirt that he's wearing in that photo. It's oh. a pink and black. It looks like a chessboard. It's pink and black, and then the word awake is on it. Are you and looking no, at this picture right now, or did you just know this? No, I was looking at it. Oh, God. I'm like, yo, bro, you like really like figured out the parts yeah. of this picture. No one's, no one's talking about it, which speaks volumes to this guy, man. I mean, it was funny. I just thought. I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> so, what, what, like, what's the issue? Is what I. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, people, You're not kidding. He has a chessboard looking. It's a very. Uh, it's a strange. I mean, I don't know fashion, dude. So, I don't no, know. Neither, I mean, <laughs> either, but oh, I just but. Yeah. yeah um, no, so, what's the issue, though? Like, I mean, so it's. Is it cultural appropriation? Is that the issue? Yeah, they're kind of saying like, that he's just trying he's to, like, like take. He's trying to take over, like, kind of black culture and try to own it. And I think, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't fully understand appropriation. It's like, I think appropriate, you don't, you, you can mimic a culture as long as you give respect back to that culture, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I hate it when, like, girls go out to, like, Coachella and decide to wear, like, bindi and stuff. And, like, like, oh, hey, like, this is my Coachella. Game. Like, yo, first of all, it's not a Coachella design. It's a or cultural mm-hmm. institution. Okay, you know what I mean? Like that's I don't like. But if like yeah, if it comes like, from a if it comes from like a, a a place of respect and uh interest and yeah, I don't know why Tages is just lowering the zipper of his shirt and just showing all of his chest there. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, uh, but it's a hot day, I guess. I'm culturally, um, but, I'm culturally appropriating Arab culture for the purposes. <laughs> yeah, they just go walk around going Habibi, Habibi thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I, I think it, it's weird because, like, for example, right when, um, when, uh, not any people wear like any clothes from any wedding, like, I think that's like a not cultural appropriation at all. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. That, yeah, that. I mean, I don't even know who calls that cultural appropriation, but I'm sure people do. Some people definitely do. Yeah, you know, or like if they like you know do a dance or something because they like the movie on like um, TikTok. Yeah, I've seen that. Right, right? I've yeah. seen people do like Indian song dance. Like, like Instagram has TikTok videos that I watch. Yeah, I do have, wait, does, does TikTok have videos, bro? I didn't know that. Do tell. No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> but but like there there'll be like a, a white person like you know doing a dance or song or whatever to an Indian thing and. And, like, the comments on it are savage, right? Like, they're, like, roasting this person. <laughs> but I'm just like, why? You know? <laughs> just like, why? Not want, do you want people, like, not, like, liking that stuff? I don't know. If I, if I watch a movie that I like or something. I, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, first of all, I didn't know dreads were a cultural appropriation thing. Um, I think it also kind of ties in with the fact that the whole video of Justin Bieber when he's, like, 13 years old, like, singing the N-word. You remember that? Oh, back what? Do yeah, you, yeah. you know about this? No. I oh, don't know things about Justin Bieber This at came all. out like seven years ago. Nah, man. Like, the man almost got canceled because, like, the video came out when he was, like, 13 years old and he's just, like, playing the guitar, like, singing the N-word. And he's like, yeah. And then Usher gave him a pass to say it or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was true or not. I mean, that's nuts, obviously. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, so then um, it was, yeah. like, when he's trying to come out and basically go for a like pop 12 star. or something? Something like that. Time. Yeah, he was, like, super young. 
But he definitely knew what he was saying was not right <laughs> in the video. Like, he was yeah, fully yeah. aware. But whatever. But, I mean, if we're going to hold people to what, what they did when they were 12, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think the people, like, let him go for that. But then it was like, okay, now he's, like, kind of just, he's, like, kind of leaving pop music, trying to make purely, like, R&B music. But, like, also, like, in, like, his last album, we had, like, the intro or interlude of, like, Martin Luther King's, like, I Had a Dream speech. And then it's like, now he's getting dreads. And people as a whole are like, okay, Justin, what are you doing? Are you just, tr- like, what are you, what is it, what's your shtick right now? Yes. Maybe he's trying to increase awareness, you know, like, kind of thing. Have you yeah. heard Justin Bieber say anything about the black community since the photo of the dreads? I, I, I don't really know anything about <laughs> Justin Bieber. Yeah. I don't know what anyone has said on social yeah. media since then. <laughs> Like, I don't, yeah, what are you talking about? I don't know what people write on social media, dude. Like, that's not how I get my information. I'm almost like, it's a this is my newscast. I'm going to come yeah. to this thing to hear me tell the news. Dude, I don't think the Wall Street Journal or CNN is, like, reporting on, like, what Justin Bieber said. I mean, maybe they are, actually. They definitely do, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, first of all, I, like, I'm not the person to tell you if dreads are a cultural or not because obviously that's not my culture to like, yeah. say it's appropriation so if black people are saying it's cultural appropriation then it is right if, yeah. if they're offended by it then it's offensive right like I don't yeah. know like I can't speak to that um, so if if he's doing something that like you know like stop doing it and apologize like you know maybe yeah. I don't think he came from a nefarious place yeah. I think he's you know doing something that he thinks looks good or, you know, his stylist told him would look good or whatever. He's very flawed. <laughs> very flawed. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know high fashion, dude. Like, you know, uh, like, athleisure for me was in since I was born. I've always been in athleisure. It's the fit. Suddenly, suddenly it's in, you know, but like, oh. that's what I'm always wearing, you know. Like Casey, I was looking for a FabFit fun sponsorship. I, I heard about this brand. The athleisure brand. Okay, so if Fab Fit for Fun wants to sponsor I'm on on the <laughs> Fan for Real podcast, y'all just DM us. <laughs> How did you guys feel about that um that iPhone ad that came out that was using like a Takadimi song? It was like a Takadimi. Oh yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like fumbling with her phone as so that she's trying to catch it as it falls to the ground. Yeah, 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 I saw that. It's like oh, like oh, Gorilla Glue or Gorilla Glass, like I know level five it won't shatter or whatever. Don't be worried about dropping your phone. I don't know what you're talking about. So really? a woman is walking down the street and like she like pulls her phone and starts messing it, flop fumbling with it. She's trying to catch it. And every time she tried to catch it, it goes like and it's like, like a double a sound. Yeah, basically. Like and, the, it, but, it doubles an Indian drum for yeah, it's a double sound. Is that, I don't know if it's an Indian drum. I don't know what it is. No, it is. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it, it, like I don't know if it's like if it's like or it might originate from like I mean, it's like it's popular with Indian people, but it might have like who knows, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know the history of the double. <laughs> you don't get don't come to us for these factual <laughs> historical lessons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, like, I I was fine with that ad, honestly. I didn't really, I was not offended, but I was like, I can, I get it. I didn't see that anything being bad. Oh. That's <laughs> <weird>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the delay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, freaking Pornhub link or something. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we definitely got to cut that out, because no one's going to know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
So I sent a link, but it wasn't working. Um, so that if you Google that, you'll see the app that I'm talking about. I, no, I get the concept though. I'm, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's cultural appropriation, right? Is when the dominant group that's been like you know keeping a minority group back is then using that culture to advance the dominant group culture's interest. We forget Justin Bieber is Canadian. I don't know if the Canadians have done like a lot of like uh, antagonistic. Things. He's a white man, dude. He's a white, I don't care if he's yeah, Canadian. He's a white man. They really come from a... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I think I've kind of been hearing what's been happening in Canada now, so maybe we were all bamboozled. Dude, I don't know. That life is so hard. I can't imagine being in front. I mean, it's not hard. Like, you also get a, a Canadian or a white man's life? <laughs> Which was uh, hard. Not, not a white man's life or Canadians in particular. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, being that spotlight like that. Oh, okay. Having everything you do, like, being analyzed on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, if the white man's life is difficult, please no, explain. No, no, no. <laughs> no one said it was easy, though, right? Like, no one said, oh, yeah, being rich and famous is going to be a piece of cake. They're like, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to be overly analyzing and being critical. And that's fair enough. Good. Like, like you said, if people are telling him, hey, less of that, and then he, he apologizes for it, yeah, we're all... We're yeah, I mean, it's complicated because someone's going to be offended by something all the time. All the time, yeah. You know, and if you let all of your actions be dictated by whether or not someone's going to be offended, I think you would literally do nothing. Like, I'm yeah. sure every word that comes out of my mouth is offensive to someone. <laughs> it, and it's not against And it's not against those people. Like I probably say a lot of offensive things. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I think I also think- I also think it's just like you know. Yeah. But if like a I don't know if with cultural appropriation things like that, like you know, you got to be a little bit more sensitive towards you know what you're hearing and people are saying because you don't know, right? Yeah, you don't know that culture well enough to to make the determination on whether or not it's cultural appropriation, right? Like, yeah. I think with with I think it really is with Justin. It's just the compilation of like his back again. They might have forgotten, forgiven the video of him saying the N word, but like that's still a part of his past, right? And so like that combined with all of a sudden his music change, now this and the Martin Luther King intro on the album. Everyone's like, okay, bro, like if you're just doing this and trying to take part of our culture in order to sell records, then yeah, now it's appropriation. Now we're offended by. It. Yeah, if you're trying to ride a wave or something of interest. Exactly. Or, like, you know, trying to be more socially, like, I don't know, active so that he gets more from it, then obviously that's terrible. But, like, you know, he might also be thinking, I'm trying to use my platform to right a wrong. Yeah. You know, almost. Yeah. Or or help help with a cause. Yeah. I think it just depends on like how sincere it is. And, and it, it might come out even super sincere, and that's great. In which case, I think most people will be like, yeah, dude, like he genuinely enjoys being part of the culture and he wants to do it. But right now, that's that's why the whole appropriation thing with him is like, people he's, aren't sure if he's actually part of the culture or if he's been a culture vulture. Like, we just don't know. So that's what... A culture what? Vulture. vulture? Yeah. Interesting. So that's, that's just what... Kind of like a thing now people are? Um, I've heard it. For a couple of years, it's like a, if someone's just taking part of a culture, trying to take it. People, some people keep and they take like different ones, like they jump from one to yeah. the other. Like, then people uh, stuff that some people call Drake a culture vulture the last couple of years. He's like, yo, oh, he, really? you're randomly hopping on like a grime song, 
up in the UK, and then you're bouncing and not even taking part of it at all. A grime song? Grime is like their... It's like a type of trap music over there. It's like British rap. It's like Storms. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like... So he like hops in there, hopping onto a wave that he didn't help build at all, pops some songs off, gets his things popping in the rest of the world, and then he pieces out, then he hops into the dance hall world in Jamaica, plays some music from there, and then like he's just jumping around, like pops a you know Arabic verse on and doesn't like do anything. So some people have raised that question, like, yo, like, are you being a culture vulture? Like, are you actually down with our culture? Or is he just being a smart businessman and like knows what's popular and is doing I mean, he's not, like, appropriating the culture. I don't think he's, like, just... And, you know, and people, he's, people are just raising the question. Like, to yeah. more people with his music, you know? Yeah. The, uh, the hair is fake. What? What's fake? His hair. It's fake locks that he had put in. So he got, like... Mean? I don't understand. It's not his actual hair that he did in order to have the stylist put into dreadlocks. He had attachments, like, fake locks that were added. So, I mean, a lot of, like, I don't know... But it's like a people. weave? Like a, like a weave? Or just assume it's like a wig. Just, it's like extensions. Yeah. Which, which that's the thing. It's probably more on, like you said, more on the business kind of like angle as opposed to just being severely. But he's done no, it But also like, like people, like uh, what's it called? Um, actors and actresses and artists, the people who get like a lot of pictures taken, a lot of them have like additional hair that they attach to their head. So it's not because un- like they need to be able to change their look often, you know. Exactly. Um, so it would I wouldn't be like I don't think like every haircut or every hairdo he has going always is his hair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably like different stuff sometimes. So like I don't think we should read into like it being attached versus like someone did it. I think it's just a matter of you know whether or not he's doing this for Uh-oh. monetary gain or if he's doing this because he just thinks it's a cool look or. Yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, like Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows, you know, Mr. Jones fame, he had dreads forever, and no one really was mad at him for it, because, like, he wasn't out there, <laughs> like, he wasn't trying to be part of it, he's like, dude, like, I just like this hair, and was like, yeah, cool, dude, you're making cool, like, folk rock music, we're down with it. I but, feel like uh, cultural appropriation is definitely one of those things that's like, oh, I forgot who, who on Supreme Court said it, but, like, once you see it, you just know. It's like, like I don't know how to define it. That's what yeah. they said about porn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the, like, but in this case, like, I mean, I kind of know dreads are like more associated with Black people culture than other cultures, right? Yeah, yeah. You just kind of have that. You know that. You right? think it came like, originated out of like Jamaica? Though. I think actually. Yeah. So, but like, also, like, just like in terms of like culturally, who you see people with dreads more often are Black people. Yeah. Like, if I see white white people with dreads, or like a brown person with dreads, or like like an Indian person with dreads, I'm kind of like. What are you doing, you know? Like, you know, that's just, like, the immediate thought. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like cultural appropriation is, like, one of those things where you're just, like, you just kind of, like, look at someone doing it, and you're just, like, what are you doing, you know? It's, like, that's... It's, like, I get it, but also, like, I don't think it necessarily means that other people, not your culture, can't take part in that culture. Because, like, I think I agree with you. Like, when, let's say you're at a party, and you see someone who blatantly stands out of trying too hard to fit in, and you're, like, okay, dude, you're, like, you're doing too much. But then there's a person who's like not from that culture, but he like genuinely is just enjoying it, and he's part of the group and the fabric yeah. of it all. That person isn't like appropriating. Like for example, like I, when I before I got my haircut, I was really thinking about like before, like because eventually I will cut these all off. I was like, I want to try and get like braids. I just want to see what it all would look like with braids. And like a lot of my friends 
they were they were cool with it. Like they were my black and they're like, yeah, do you like they were giving me ideas like you should get like box cut, you do this. And I was like, I was asking them, I was like, I I did ask them like, would that be appropriate? Like, am I like okay with like getting it? And, like, dude, like if you're just like the hair, like it's totally cool for you to. Get it's it. also different when it comes from your friends because they know you and they know yeah. you're not coming from like a sinister place, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I bet you Justin Bieber did something similar. Probably, yeah. I uh, checked with his like you know group of friends and, Usher. Usher and, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's all good. Like people understand, and yeah, and and so that's why I think you know part of it is being able to decide how much of public stuff you need to ignore because someone's going to yeah. be offended by something anyway, right? Agreed. Like, agreed. And some of it is recognizing that your friends don't always know what the vast majority people are going to think or yeah. how it might impact others because yeah. they know you, right? And you have a responsibility as a public figure to have some more sense of that, right? Yeah. Like a little bit more. You're a little bit more held responsible because other people are going to follow what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like no one's gonna follow what I'm doing, and if I'm doing something stupid, like they'll stop following me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. that like everyone has an individual responsibility to like be more aware of these things, but like if you're in the public image, I think you have a uh, additional responsibility because people look to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you should have, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't. I don't know the fact that I haven't heard much of a like. A hoopla around it, like I don't think it's probably as big of a deal. Yeah, it's not. It's not a huge thing, but people are definitely just like questioning, like, dude. Yeah, I mean, who are you? Yeah, like, because like, are you genuinely smart or not? Yeah. But I, I got nothing else to say about Justin Bieber's hair. Um, I I have many other topics. What What do you guys want? Do you guys good? You want to end it here? I'm pretty good. Sunday evening. Saturday evening, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the days and times are anymore. <laughs> uh, no, Your team has ruined me. <laughs> just, just hang out whenever on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I ain't got much else. I mean, there's definitely going to be something happening between now and next week that we'll definitely talk about. Yeah. All right, Joel. Thank you, everyone, for listening here. Shout out to the first-time listeners. Thanks for the last-time listeners. Um, DM us any topics you want us to hit up, and we'll talk to you soon. Como decirle que no, que ya no quiero seguir. Si ella da la vida por mí, como decir que me voy sin que le vaya ese daño. Si ella da la vida por mí.